Welcome to The Spill, hit me up. We have decided to take the problem, and actually now problems, out of the main show and give it its own little slot, which also means that we can now come to you weekly. Hope you enjoy. Dear Rona, I've been seeing this guy for a couple of months now, and I think we have something special together. We matched on a dating app, had the usual text banter, and the first time we met in person, he told me that he likes to wait to get to know someone before getting intimate with them. I thought that it was a little strange that he said it as there was something a bit uptight about it, but I didn't say anything. Knowing that we weren't going to sleep with each other early on actually made me want to more, as usually I wouldn't be bothered. But it also took a bit of pressure off and we were able to get to know each other properly without sex coming into it. We got on great, he's a lovely guy and the chat never stops. So last week, he obviously decided that he felt comfortable enough to get down to business, but wanted to have a serious talk with me first. I didn't know what was coming, but was starting to suspect that he had a problem with his penis, and I was right. Basically, it's really small, and he's paranoid about it. I was a bit freaked, but but reassured him, told him that it wasn't all about size, etc. We ended up having sex, and it was really awkward, mainly because we were so nervous, I think. I'm pretty sure neither of us came. I could feel nothing and wasn't even close to coming. Now I don't know what to do. I really like this guy, but size-wise, I don't think we're compatible. I know I told him it wasn't an issue for me, but I was being polite. I don't want him to feel worse than he already does and do care about him. I'm reading everywhere that size shouldn't matter, that you can get creative with positions and toys, but I know that's never going to be enough for me. I can't get no satisfaction. Dublin. Ooh. She's kind of answered her own question there. Kind of. Although, do you you really think that you can make that decision after one encounter? Uh, Well, I kind of feel if everything else was working so well Mm. she'd want to give it more of a shot yeah what do you think well I think there's there's uh I've been doing a bit of research (laughs) um and I think there's kind of different camps I think there's uh there's lots of evidence online that like women who thought that men were too small when they started kind of seeing them and that they wouldn't be able to kind of get pleasure from Mm. such a small penis. There's lots of anecdotal evidence um, and testimonials online to say we made it work. It doesn't have to be about penetration. Um, Actually, that's kind of just a small part of, (laughs) excuse the pun, um, (laughs) of... um, you know, our our overall relationship and we've absolutely made it work and I'm completely satisfied and he's mm. learned skills in other areas and, you know... He's I'd, upskilled. He's upskilled, exactly. And it's not an issue. But there are also women uh, and men who are this kind of size queens who are the kind of, I suppose, the, the kind of extreme end of it who only like penises that are eight inches and, and above, which is big. That's very big, um, as popularised by a lot of kind of uh, mainstream penis porn. in the media mainstream <laughs> porn yeah <laughs> those exactly. famous peens are ruining it for everyone else but there are there are you know women who will only go mm. for big dicks that's just that's their kind of um, deal breaker that's it yeah, I would have always thought thick would be the other thing is girth so mm. uh, they actually just they do say because uh, our all of our nerve endings and are apparently in the kind of first third of mm. our kind of vaginal cavity mm. um, so absolutely girth generally is kind of more important it's also with girth there is um, obviously your clitoris as we discovered this year 
um, or have long known. I think it was only, wasn't it when we, we had our vagina show? I think it was only in like the mid 90s they realized that the clitoris had arms. Oh, yeah, sorry, yes. the wishbone shape. The wishbone yeah. shape. So the arms of when you're aroused, the arms of the clitoris hug your vagina. Mm. So it means if you've got good girth. That's that, getting stimulated. Yeah, that's getting stimulated. Yeah, for so, sure. And, and, and actually vaginal orgasms are a lot more unusual than clitoral orgasms. Mm. So if you're a person who only has vaginal orgasms, you're going to need girth and possibly length. Yeah. Um, it comes as no surprise that there hasn't been that much research on that. So there's, shock you know, they, they still, yeah. the kind of the nuances of female sexual, sexuality and how we kind of get off mm. is still pretty mysterious. <laughs> but anecdotally, I would say what I'm hearing from women mainly is clitoral is the more kind of Standard. Standard. Yeah. Uh, dominant. And like, I have definitely heard women who describe rarely coming from penetrative sex. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that doesn't much sound more like That doesn't sound like our listener. Yeah. It sounds like she's very um, focused on penetration. penetrative sex. Penetrative sex, excuse me. Yeah. But I think what's interesting here is it sounds like she's kind of in her 20s. Possibly, Am I reading yeah. into, I mean, I guess she more, I'm probably reading into it just because she's talking about dating a lot or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I would wonder if her kind of like sexual exploration has been somewhat narrow to date mm. in that obviously as women, like we're already on such a back foot with our sexuality. It's so irritating because we're just consuming this really narrow um, representation of female sexuality that practically mm. ignores our pleasure anyway. Yeah. Like, oh my God, how wrong do they get it in sex scenes and movies? Like, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> Never saw a realistic sex scene ever. Yeah. I mean, I think I might die of shock. Yeah. Um, and well, so actually also because most like of them are directed by men. Absolutely. And literally like, you know, we'd, we've basically been raised to kind of believe like that, you know, a guy will just kind of, you know, few pumps and everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe there's something to be said to this woman about exploring and about taking this, you know, small issue and, yeah. you know, um, what, failing up with it or whatever, <laughs> or, you totally, know, I mean, upcycling it into yeah. a let's get like a bit looser in terms of the sexual side of this relationship yeah, and like kind of park the expectations because that's it. Like she's just come into it with this kind of like very narrow. Um, yes. Hopefully it's not too narrow. Yeah. But anyway, Although she should narrow, but <laughs> no, she slim. needs to be pretty narrow. She probably needs to knock out her kegels <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> needs to get Don't them put this on her. But basically, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> to kind of like basically just let go of what those kind of expectations are and instead see what this relationship could become yeah. what this sexual relationship could become not just their general relationship yeah and I think that's something that you actually do with every sexual partner you encounter in life yeah like every time you start to have sex with someone new that is a new exploration it's always, and the and things it's always you do with awkward, one person are not necessarily the things you're going to do with the next person yeah and exactly. that's what's so interesting about it yeah um so and it's, I think it's, I've actually come back around and I do think that she seems to really like him. Mm. And for all she knows, this is this could be where she discovers, you know, a bit of, you know, 
I was about to say about a million things that are too much for the podcast. <laughs> Just dial it back. Spanking. Maybe she'll be like, actually, I think I like spanking. Yeah. Or maybe she'll put her knickers on him and be like, oh, hey, I've never thought about this. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And I think that, um, you know, rather than size being a deal breaker for her, once they kind of, once she actually explores her desires, which mm. maybe she kind of needs to look at first and shares those mm. with him, mm. the deal breaker will actually be whether or not he's he's kind of game to meet them. Yeah, And totally. if he's not game, then that's a deal breaker. If he's just fixed on penetration, then, you know, that's mm. obviously probably not going to work. Um, also, Refinery29, which I can put the link in the show, have done a brilliant um, The Small Penis Sex Position Guide. Okay. So this um, is like how to get maximum bang for your book. Yeah, which is, it's really interesting actually. Uh, and it's uh, so kind of, you know, some of the patients, there's about 10 positions, I think. It's like from sofa side saddle, mm. uh, the pile driver, the flexed. Ew, pile driver. <laughs> flexed, flexed doggy style. So, um, but it's it's very, it's despite the names, it's very sensitively done. And they've got um, a kind of a sex therapist and uh, like a kind of, sexual expert um, kind of advising on best techniques as well. Mm, mm. Um, it's, re- it's really worth uh, reading. And also, uh, while well, I was kind of looking into this, I found this guy, Patrick Moot, uh, who made a documentary about being like kind of, you know, very small, yeah. uh, called Ung Hung Hero. Um, <laughs> and he calls it sorry oh my god he wins <laughs> yeah. that's the best Ung Hung Hero I know it is brilliant and he calls it a cockumentary um, <laughs> unsurprisingly love it um, he basically proposed to his then girlfriend who he was with for a long time and they were in a very kind of safe and secure relationship mm. what did he or put so the he engagement thought. ring on his little <laughs> no he did not okay. he um, proposed at a UCLA basketball game game on Kiss Cam so everyone was looking at them. It was kind of broadcast. Obviously, it was a live, a live, <sighs> TV, me. A live TV, TV broadcast. She turned him down. <gasps> it made national news. <gasps> oh, no. And then she told him privately the reason she was turning him was down was because he has a small penis. <gasps> oh, God. So that's when he went. He basically made a, a documentary, documentary about um, like the, the aids that were available to him mm. in terms mm. in terms of to kind of trying to enhance his size. Yeah. And what he realized by the end of it, having kind of toured the globe with all these kind of crazy things like eating turtle balls and, you know, um, like having um, petroleum injected into your testicles and all this kind of stuff um, that actually at the very end of it, he, self-acceptance was where he ended up. And I think that's kind of, you know, no one deserves to be shamed or rejected for the size of any body part. He went on and a genitalia journey. He totally went on a genitalia journey. Fair play to him. Um, so, yeah. So that's worth a watch, too. I think a uh, final word kind of, as well. Is yeah. It sounds like they've only had sex once. That's it. It's one. It's a one-time experience. And I think that you can't judge a book by the first page. I totally agree. Dear Rona, I'm a 37-year-old woman and I feel like I've kind of reached a stalemate in my life. I've spent the last couple of years uh, focusing on my career and climbing the career ladder and I've secured a really, really good job, a solid income, and I really love what I do. The problem is that I'm just underwhelmed in Dublin at the moment and I feel like I'm getting a little bit complacent. 
all my friends are settled down with kids and while I'm really happy for them, I just don't feel like that's something that I want in my life. I'm single and I'm really tired of the dating scene here and I'm kind of at that stage where I'm considering packing up and just moving to New York or London for a little while. I don't have any friends over there, I don't have any professional connections in either place and I'm just kind of worried that maybe at 37 I'm a little old in the tooth to be up and moving sticks. Am I mad to risk everything I've worked for for a change of scene? So I would say uh, you know at 37 if she's if she owns a flat or if she's any kind of ties to Dublin mm. I would like you know rent out her flat like kind of financially I know I've been talking about financial responsibility um, have all of those kind of things covered and absolutely make the leap I just go for it at this stage what has she got to lose <laughs> oh god <laughs> Damning indictment of her life there. You have yeah. nothing. Leave. No, God, no. I don't mean that. I just mean I know, adventure. I mean adventure. Like you're going to feel that in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. You might. I just think it's never too late to do anything. No, absolutely agree. Totally. And also, I think moving and living in a new city is li- just one of the most invigorating things you can do. Totally. Um, absolutely. And also too late. 37. My yeah. God. You're not going to be dead for decades. Like you need to live because otherwise it's going to be long. Yeah. Um, But I I think expectation management. Yes. Is something to talk about. But and as well, like I've done a bit of this kind of, you know, I've lived like in Athens, went to Paris. Mm. It can be lonely. Yeah, definitely. Especially the cities she's mentioned New York and, and London are particularly big, anonymous lonely cities yeah. I think it takes a good kind of three years to settle into London but if she just needs like a massive shake up yeah which it does sound like that's what she's after I just think that you you learn so much about yourself when you move yeah. to a completely new place you don't know anybody it's so exciting yeah um also, it's probably so different now even to when, say, we would have done it when we were younger yeah. and things were less connected and things like that. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. so there's still so much brilliant support, I guess, and connection to family and friends now yeah. that you just wouldn't have had 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And even um, if she has, I think, a very negative experience, you know, mm. when she kind of looks back on it, it's all a kind of learning. It's all growth. It's, you know. I suppose like we were talking about with failing and everything else I wouldn't consider it to be necessarily a fail but it's it's it advances her experience that's something she can walk away from if it doesn't work out it's kind of keeping those doors open in Dublin if she can but the possibilities it's inviting in are just like I mean endless and you can't even fathom them yeah yeah I think it's really really cool I think uh from people I know doing this kind of thing later on in life I've just seen the effect on the well-being and mood and everything like Mm. so a friend of mine she sort of got to that point in her 40s where her child was kind of hitting adulthood yeah and she sort of started to take like tentative look around and go oh god hang on wait I've just been handed back so much time yeah and um so she did a house swap with a woman who had a penthouse on Fifth Avenue in New York. Oh my God. I don't know if that woman knew what she was signing up for. <laughs> was with the, was my the house wrapped in Dublin? Yeah. 
Um, but they did it for six months. And uh, my, my friend came back and she just was so like, oh, reinvigorated Buzzed. and just like bursting with like what next, yeah. which was brilliant to see. And I think as well, like in a city like Dublin, in a country like Ireland, where we're like steeped in each other, yeah. actually, is what yeah. it is. Yeah, where we are marinating yeah. in each other around here. Just so small. To go out there and to just like completely just cut ties with the familiar and just you know yeah. have an opportunity to kind of for a bit of reinvention um of yourself it's just uh yeah I think it just gives your life a kick up its arse yeah and so when my friend came back she decided that she was going to leave Dublin and wow. she's moved to West Cork and ah. she's looking to get murdered and star in a podcast. Now, <laughs> she is really, really enjoying it. And I think that that's it. We all become so constricted by the kind of boundaries that we've established in our heads, whether yeah. they're boundaries of I should be in a relationship by now. I should be doing what my friends yeah. are doing. Where you feel financially stuck, where yeah. you can't actually move forward. And like as much as we're progressive and we want to be woke, um, we're still in Ireland just that bit. Mm. more ensconced in those kind of you know ticking those boxes yeah. you're still yeah. surrounded by people who are you know establishing their house their family their career whereas yeah. you know you go somewhere just a bit bigger you just meet people who are just turning it on its head doing it all a different way and I'm not saying there isn't people in Ireland who are doing that of course there is yeah. um, but I think that my god go bring me with you does it sound like I want to go yeah I want to go but I, and I also it, I mean I think you're totally right I think it, you know much as we're saying that London and New York or whatever city she chooses might be lonely I think mm. also Dublin can be an extremely isolating and lonely place when you feel like you're kind of on the outskirts of something or there's no yeah, and you're you diverging can't find your from kind what your of community yeah, yeah exactly it's like that's you know arguably even more isolating so I think that some people can be like if you can't be happy in yourself here, why do you think you will be happy there? Mm. Which is, I think it's valid, but yeah. I also think, well, it's a completely different place with completely different opportunities and outlooks. So yeah, I'll give it a completely. shot. And as she says, like she's, you know, she's going to be able to make this work. She's got the freedom. Yeah. To, it's not a, it's not a selfish act. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Even I just think even if you look at numbers, if you look at the kind of dating pool in. Dublin oh or God, Ireland yeah. or like it's just so so restricted oh my god I can't imagine because like all of that sort of online dating came about like after my time out there mm. and you know in geez, the wild like, what do you do like do you have some kind of box that you tick where like it'll weed out all your first and second cousins for <laughs> you like surely Irish tinder like needs that yeah 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 exactly do you know my friend Make was sure at this um, my friend was at this big kind of now I know the clue is in the title <laughs> family reunion but um, she was cracking onto some guy and her mother had to take her aside and be like no that's your first cousin on Auntie Jones side there <laughs> hilarious so she'd avoid that go and bring us with you please enjoy <laughs> okay, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to get in touch, email us. We are the spill at image.ie. Also, if you felt inclined to rate and review us, that would be lovely. Yes. Quite lovely. Thanks so much. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>